Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Hey, everybody. It's your buddy, Jack. Mm, and your good buddy, Allison. Hey, uh, it's Script Shop. Hey, it's our podcast. Da-da-da-da-da, Script Shop show. We, so we have tap shoes on all of now, and today we were trying to play what? like 1940s. Wait, wait, yes. wait. Yes, 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 yes. You can't yes. just blow through. We've got tap shoes on <laughs> Olive now. What are you talking? Oh. Really? You put tap shoes on your okay, baby? Okay, here's the thing. She's a toddler. Mm-hmm. She's almost a year and a half. She wears a size four to five in shoe now. Kid sizes. Okay. Yeah. And that's as opposed to being like newborn shoes where they're just like tiny little socks. Okay. When I was a little girl, I would tap dance nonstop. And mm-hmm. so my mom, my mom was like, when Olive was born, here's a pair of tap shoes. May you now know oh, no. the torment. Oh, no. And so I put them down in the basement because she was much too small. And the other day I was pulling something out of the basement. And I saw them. I thought, let's try these. They're still a little big on her, yeah. but she loves them. She's like, stomp, 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 stomping around the house and everything. Sounds like she's being a real fame fatale. Look at you go. That's a connection, folks. That's right. So we've been playing 1940s music, trying to get her to tap dance to in the house. That's so sweet. It's awesome. I'll send you a video. I would love to see that. Folks, if you've written something, we would love to read that. Yes, because we're a podcast that talks about screenwriters. As you may have assumed from the title of the show. of course. From the title of the show and, of course, the opening conversation, which is riveting and all about things that would make a great Screenplay. Yeah. So if you have something that would make a great screenplay, you should send it into the show because we love talking to writers about what they wrote and why they wrote it and why it's a really important piece of their life that they're throwing out into the world and watching exist up high in the sky of of Cincinnati. And on the internet. Yep. There we go. She fell right into it, folks. If you listened last week, this is very hilarious. Yes. Uh, at least I'm consistent. You can send us your scripts by going on to scriptshopshow.com slash submit, and that's uh, how you can read them. You can also connect with us on the internet, because that's where we exist, and uh, we which is a terrifying thing to say out loud. <laughs> we exist on the internet. Oh, Lord. But uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Uh, Script Shop Show. Look it up anywhere, and uh, you can find us, and it'll be uh, great to connect with you. We have an incredible writer on for today's show. This is uh, Michael J. James Daly, mm-hmm. who's written a 14-page, hilarious, intrinsically horror comedy desperation piece. Oh, my. Fame Fatale. Fame Fatale, which I, is a very good title. I love desperation pieces. I love them. Well, and there's a nice bit of wish fulfillment uh, near the end of it, I would say. Yes. It's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And so we can't wait to talk to Michael about his script. Uh, if you uh, do like the show and if you've been listening for a while, hey, we're more than 100 episodes and yet here we still are. Uh, if you're interested in perhaps supporting the show on a financial level, uh, you can do that by uh, going on to Patreon. We are on Patreon and we'll take all those reenies and roonies. That's right. We will. Rink, 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 rink. Give Give us the money, people. <laughs> what if great. rinks were like skating rinks? This has evolved so much. It would be great, wouldn't it? This is this this whole Reenies and Roonies thing has really evolved. We've been since... doing the show for over a hundred episodes, that's Jack. True. What do you expect? I mean, we're, it's a living thing. That's true. It's a living, breathing thing. You are a living, breathing thing. I am a living, breathing thing, and so is Michael James Daly waiting on the other side of the line. Here. Let's hope he's living and breathing because we've been going on about nonsense <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, Michael James Daly, hi. Are you still with us? 
I am still with you. I'm oh, obsessed with the fact that you called it a desperation script. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about I'm, that term? I'm, I'm stealing it. Yes. I'm, it's literally may change it to that title, actually. Desperation <laughs> script. <laughs> with, with, with an incredible amount of wish fulfillment at the end. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Michael, where are you calling us from exactly? Um, well, right now I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, but I'm bi-coastal with Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I love that bi-coastal includes South Carolina. Well, coast. Any yeah. coast, really. Yeah. So you could be like in a lot of states and be like, I'm actually bi-coastal. Yeah. I'm Canada. You could be in <laughs> eastern Georgia. And be bi-coastal with yeah. Los Angeles. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's truly the so- life, beach life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it's great just because I'm from Charleston. So, uh, you know, and and it's it's I grew up here and uh, it's just the past like really 10 years. The southeast has gotten really big with TV and film. So it's been really exciting over here with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So are you what do you primarily do in TV and film and all that kind of stuff? I'm primarily an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Performer. Yeah. Um, and- and the desperation. <laughs> <laughs> and a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> um, when did you start performing? Um, I started acting when I was seven years old, and I used to actually knock on my neighbor's doors with this puppet I made out of two paper plates. And I Go would do shows on. with my paper plate puppets. Uh-huh. Sounds cute. <laughs> 25 cents a show. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of your paper plate puppet? Uh, I, I I can I can't remember that actually. Oh no, yeah. no, it's okay. He was just a prop. Poor platy. He was. <laughs> it was more about me. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay, that's uh, fine. Okay, so seven year old, you became you out of high school. What did you go to school for? Acting and performing? Did you just move to a coast in a bigger city? What was your deal? So yeah, I went to so I graduated school in acting and uh, and then went to uh, New York and um, went to school for musical theater. Cool. Um, yeah, and then after that, I uh, my best friend moved to Los Angeles when he was uh, seventeen, and so I followed him out there and moved to L.A. Wow, wow. that's the big yeah. trip. That's the that's the big jump, right? Yes, it is. Yes. How was that? Um. Well. So one of my things growing up was uh, I was overweight. I was about 300 pounds when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to go to school for musical theater. And part of that uh, was having to take ballet classes. Mm-hmm. So um, there was 300 pounds of me in tights, uh, which uh, was not very fun in school for acting. No especially with Yeah. And then, um, and then I lost weight, but then moved to L.A. And, you know, it was rough. I mean, you know, it's back in that day, you know, agents and directors and all that kind of stuff would give it to you the hard way and, you know, tell you, you know, I heard things like my face was too fat. I was never going to make it in film. Um, you know, me taking ballet classes reminded them of the hippopotamuses and Fantasia and oh, things like that. No. So, oh my God. Yeah, so it was a little rough. It was a little rough out there. Why so, do people um, think it's okay to say that stuff to somebody else's face? Or just I say know. it. I don't know where I don't know where the benefit of that is for mm-hmm. them, but it makes them feel better for their failed careers, I guess. There you go. So, Michael, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that you're saying to us right now that is all directly into the script that you sent us in. This is So this is a very personal script Isn't then. It? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, our, you're our, target, our target writer right here. Oh, my gosh. Desperation script. <laughs> yeah. So people are being rude to you in L.A. How long did that go on for? 
<laughs> um, so I was out there for about 10 years and then, uh, I decided to, uh, you know, I did, I mean, I did a lot of stuff. I actually, you know, I lost a lot of weight and, um, I, and oddly enough, I really got into uh, dancing and, um, did a lot of musical theater, um, worked with a lot of people that are now on Broadway, which was really exciting. Um, and then had, you know, I was in my twenties. So, you know, like I think 10% of the time I was acting and then 90% of the other time I was drinking. Yes. So, uh, Good for you. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we, Jack and I, by so, the way, love a good party. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> I would say I've partied too much now that I'm on my second pregnancy. Easy. <laughs> it's penance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I was, uh, at one point, I was uh, a vet technician. I was a personal assistant. I was in a song and dance trio. Um, and I was pet sitting and not really doing anything that I had really intended to go out to LA for. So I decided to move back to Charleston and kind of recoup and figure out what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds nice. What what happened when you did the recoup? Um, well, I got out of acting for a little bit, and um, and when I wasn't doing it, I realized that I really just didn't feel like I had any sort of there was like a hole missing in my life. So um, I uh, started to slowly get back into it here. I found an agent here and, um, and, and met and started meeting these, like this really amazing, um, like indie uh, horror um, group of filmmakers and actors in Charleston. And, you know, and I've been working with them since then and, and got my agent and started auditioning for stuff in Atlanta and Charleston. I booked a couple TV shows. I've auditioned for, um, you know, a bunch of movies and really just started to, to grow my career back. Okay. And, uh, I, well, let's pause because I got some questions. So (laughs) this horror group, was it more about the genre or was it more about the people that you were connecting with? It was a combination Definitely a combination because uh, we're horror people are we're we're an interesting group of people. Yeah, <laughs> do tell, please, please do. <laughs> and um, we really, it's uh, it's it's almost like uh, a group of introverts, like ju- like finding each other to force ourselves to be extroverts. You know, <laughs> yeah. we, like each other. So we're like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. You remember, like, I'm right now. For when they do this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're okay. Let's do this. You know, <laughs> we all have like this bond with that kind of thing. With this, we had issue. I feel like I feel like a majority of you know horror movie fans, and I think this is why it's so. I think horror is so popular in the gay culture um, is because like we all felt kind of rejected from the real world and kind of all moved into this fantasy world where these people overcome such humongous obstacles. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I found them and. And really, like, they just took me, I mean, my really good friend, William Stansley, took me by the hand and and he uh, put me in his first movie. And then from there, there on, I just kind of got more and more uh, into different movies. Do you think meeting this group of people really pushed and inspired you to start trying your hand at screenwriting? Yes, um, absolutely. Um, 100% because this, uh, the literally the um, story in this screenplay is all true to life aside from the killing. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. Every, mm-hmm. Everything else is true to life. And I literally was just on the set with people and telling the story. And they were like, oh, my God, that's like a brilliant screenplay. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, what do you mean? Uh, what? <laughs> me? <laughs> so did you, what you, what? you took it and then just wrote it at that point after having them all be like, this is so funny. It took me like it took me like a year. 
<laughs> okay. But but then I finally like just with them and their encouragement, they were like, yeah, just write it, just do it, like because that's what that's what they were. That's what this group of people was so great about because I think um, with my career, as long as I was as being an actor, I really got like a lot of rejection. So I just didn't feel like I could do anything. And this group of people were just like, yeah, just, you have an idea, just, just write it and do it and direct it and film it and put it out there, you know, just do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so that's what, um, you know, and that's what, you know, we don't, I don't need this person. I don't need this person. Just, we can do it ourselves. Let's just do it. And that's, and I sat down and I did it. Mm-hmm. So, What's it been like transitioning from being somebody who is used to reading the words that other people have written to then having to come up with words yourself? Um, well, for this script, it was really cathartic because mm-hmm. it was like this this whole event that happened to me at this uh this festival was is, was so awful that um, just getting the words out on paper was really cathartic. Um, but uh, it's it's been interesting. Like I started doing the casting for this already and like having uh, people read the parts. It's been really interesting watching like the characters that I wrote that were so awful come back to life. Oh, yeah. So, so what's yeah. the okay? Let's lay out for the audience what's happening, and then I want to talk oh, about call. the real event that inspired the festival slash conference talkback scene. So, um, if you're following along, our listeners, this is basically a story about a, a man named Michael. Mm. <laughs> wink, wink. Who's trying to make it as an actor? Yes, and uh, he. We have a great scene between him and his agent Linda. We're going to read in a minute. He ultimately decides to go to a horror comedy festival, buys a three-day pass to go fest the best that he can. Yeah. And um, he ends up going to this talkback panel discussion, losing his mind. Uh, I, he just snaps, really. Well, because he keeps getting crapped on left and right. Everybody keeps he, – and, and he's sort of reliving these horrors of being told that, you know, you're too fat, you're not good enough, and blah, blah, blah. And he's just – it's been sort of a down day, but he's at this convention that's like the one thing that he's been looking forward to do. And he's at this panel with these indie filmmakers thinking, okay, well, maybe I can make some connection with these guys because they're out there doing it on their own, So and so am I, so let's all team up. And he just sort of starts to put himself out there a little bit, and like most of the people on the panel, again, crap all over him. Yeah. And then he just snaps. snaps and ends up throwing a spear into somebody's chest. Yeah, just wipes everybody out. Is that is that a, is that a succinct uh, uh, summation there? Yes. <laughs> so what actually happened to you? It, like this? Just I know I've read the script. I know what the screenplay is. I've just got to hear it from yourself that this was something that happened to you. Yeah. So, um, so I literally was going to a, uh, horror convention in Atlanta and, uh, <clears throat> I won't name names, but <clears throat> Monster Palooza. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, I, uh, and I literally was going because I was going to this event just because it's just, I had lost this part that I wanted and I was like, Oh, I get to go to this horror fest and meet all these people that I love, you know, and I'll just be with like my people. Cause it's like, again, horror people were all kind of like, you know, yeah, we're horror people. And, um, and actually, my friend was supposed to go with me, but he ended up not being able to go. So I was going by myself. And so I went to this convention and uh, ended up going to this um, indie film panel. And uh, and I really honestly was <laughs> I was really honestly going to the indie film panel because I wanted a good seat for the next panel. Because uh, the next eh? panel <laughs> the next there. Women in, yeah, the next panel was women in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I uh, got there and like, you know, and this, and I, I cannot, I cannot express enough that the people in the indie film panel were just like, I wrote these characters. Like I did not have to imagine anything like this is exactly how they were. And, um, and so they came out and, uh, you know, and it was like, Hey, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so did this. And they're like, does anybody have any questions? And nobody was asking any questions. And so I felt, I was like, Oh, we'll ask a question. So I just asked them, I was like, Hey, what's it like? Um, what's the best way as an actor to contact you? If I want to be in your movie, if you don't go through like agents and stuff like that. And I, I don't know what it was, but they took it as if I was like, how do I become an actor? Yeah, let me read some and- of the dialogue to the listeners real quick that you have written. So this, we're not going to do this scene, but I have to read the way that these characters respond to him. The character Michael says, hey, y'all, thanks for coming out. I'm actually an actor and was wondering if you had any advice on how to get in touch with indie filmmakers like yourself to audition for roles in your movies. A character named Slade says, wait a minute, you're an actor? Okay, so you can't just sit around, bro, and expect things to come to you, <laughs> which Jeez. we, the reader, now know that Michael has it has been auditioning, has gone out of his way to go to all these things. Another character, Jim, says, this is a tough businessman. I'm going to give it to you straight. It is pretty damn rare for you to make a career out of being an actor. The odds are up against you. And doesn't the woman say something like, if you've been doing it for 20 years, yeah. wouldn't it have oh, happened already? Oh, my God, yes. And the woman says, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a bitch, but if you've been doing this for 20 years and not gotten anywhere, maybe you're doing something wrong. <laughs> oh God. Okay, that's, so that's, please continue. That is word for word. Oh. <sighs> Uh, to be. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And I was, I was in shock. Like I was like, it, it, I could feel the people around me looking at me like where their mouths dropped open. And like, and I was just like, uh, all I kept being was like, was like, Oh, well, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I know. I know. I know. And then I said, well, yeah, guys, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years. I, I, I get how tough the business is. And that's when the girl said that. Uh. And yeah. So in real life, the, uh, moderator stopped it and was like, all right, well, let's stop giving this guy, this poor guy, a oh, hard time. Good. Thank you, moderator. Yes, I'm glad that moderator yeah. was like, this is a panel full of shitheads, actually. You guys knocked yeah, it off. So, yeah, so I was so, so humiliated and numb. I just oh. ended up sitting down. And, oh. like, luckily, I just sat there and, like, the, they all emptied out or whatever, and then the women in horror panel came, and all I could do was just focus on Heather Lane Camp going, just focus on Heather Lane Camp, just focus on Heather Lane Camp. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I ended up, I ended up going back to my room, like eating the dessert tray, and then I left the next day. I was oh, so humiliated. Oh my god, that's terrible, man! What a terrible experience. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's okay. Well, I've you know, a script came out of it. I know, I know. You've handled it really well, but, you know, people are shitty sometimes. Before we get into the screenplay for the the section that we're going to read, yeah, can we, I mean, you said it was very cathartic and stuff, but, you know, as, as it was, is this your first, like, actual formal sit down and write it all out script? It is, it is. I have, um, I, I've been, a, um, a, I'm a song, I'm a singer songwriter, so I've written a lot of songs, um, and mostly I've done that writing wise. So this is, this is actually my very first script I've ever written. Okay. And you said it was, it was cathartic to do, but I mean, I, I kind of want to get into a little bit about the, the individual, like the process of sitting down for the first time. And like, you got to sort of get your headspace into your memory of how awful this was. And you gotta, you got I mean, on some level you're putting yourself back through it again, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that was, so that was the thing. So, uh, my friend, Michelle, I who, uh, wrote live scream. She, um, 
she's helped me along with the script because she was the first one that read it afterwards. And the thing that I had to really watch out for when I wrote this script was um, making sure that the audience would hopefully want to root for me. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem was, is that when I wrote the script originally, it was coming from so much anger. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing, like my friend was like, yeah, so I got to tell you, you're coming off as kind of like a whiny douchebag. Mm-hmm. That's what good friends <laughs> like are for. Yeah. Yeah. You're sort of like, poor you, poor you, poor you, you know, you hate these people. You're mean to everybody now, you know? So I, that's one of the things that I had to really try to work on, uh, with the script of the writing this character more. Was it easy to jump back into this event? Um, well, I guess that is the cathartic part where you're like going through it and you're seeing yourself as in the complete right, even if it's, you know, for the sake of the script, not appropriate at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I mean, it wasn't, it was uncomfortable. Um, definitely writing what the, what all the indie film panel people said, because it was almost like, just as an actor, it's like your head is constantly telling you this kind of stuff. Right. You know, it's like, always like, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You're too this, you're too that. I mean, you know, it's all that kind of stuff that as an actor, you just cannot take you can't take rejection personally because it's never about all the horrible things you're thinking about in your head. And it's like these people like brought those thoughts to life, Mm. you know, brought like, Oh, I'm, this is, this is, this is true. Mm. They're saying, they're telling, they're saying it to me in a room full of people, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So is this actually happening? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So having to kind of go back and go into that dark area where like, you know, that all this horrible stuff is said to me and, and kind of reliving the humiliation was it was tough to go through that again. OK, but then is there a balance to that, too, then when you get to invent all the ways that this Michael character it goes off and takes these people out? Did, the, did that sort of balance out the, the the downness of the portion before? Oh, so much. (laughs) (laughs) So much. I'm just clapping for you. I like that you are victorious in this. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the other thing. It was like we were because I was talking to my friend, Michelle, and we were uh, because she thought that the 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 killing of the girl was so brutal, you know, and um, and trying to kind of really try to avoid, you know, just the brutality with the women. And I was like, well, I mean, she was the worst, though, like she was the worst one, you know, and uh, and uh, it was really it's it's it's, it was satisfying to me to do in the script what I did to her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. so the the action heading from when Michael kills the character Amber is Michael steps over Slade's body because, of course, Slade's already been (laughs) obliterated and chases Amber down. He plucks one of the thin knives sticking out of the back of her hair bun and holds her down. He scalps her with her own hair accessory and proceeds to plop her bloodied blonde hair onto his own head like a wig. Oh, yeah, that's right. I love it. It's so bad. I love it. I love it when people go there. Good for you. Thank you. Well, it was, and it's, it's odd. I mean, the, the idea of that came, this is, and this is before I started writing the script, but I just, in my head was already like kind of, you know, uh, deciding things and kind of putting things together. And, and uh, I was listening to um, this uh, song from this horror, the horror movie Night of the Comet. There's this really great song. And uh, I could was just imagine myself wearing the, the blonde hair, walking in <laughs> slow motion to this song. 
Mm -hmm. and flipping the blonde hair in slow motion. Mm. Well, (laughs) music plays a huge part of this screenplay, too. You have music cues throughout the whole thing, so that makes perfect sense. Yes, yes, so... Well, we've already so, read yeah. quite a bit here, but we probably ought to we back it up. Do our formal back it up, Chuck. our formal read here now. Okay. So, listeners, if you're following along, um, Michael is actually going to read action headings for us today. It's going to start on scene two, which is uh, the middle of page two. Um, I'm going to be reading for Linda, the agent, and Jack is going to be reading for. Michael. Yeah, and it's really wink, weird that like wink. I'm I'm like playing you, man. So I'm gonna do my best to like do your words oh. as you justice. I love this. This is great. <laughs> Very meta. The point is for us to go. Yeah, right, Jack. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so hey, Michael, whenever you're ready, take it away. Scene two, exterior road, afternoon. A jeep blasting '80s female rock music blows down the highway and gets off at an interstate exit. The Jeep pulls into a gas station and parks into one of the parking spaces. The music stops. Interior Jeep afternoon. As Michael gets ready to turn off his car, his phone rings, showing agent. Michael answers the phone with his car's Bluetooth. Hey, Linda, please tell me you have good news. Hey, Mike, so I'm just going to tell you flat out that they went with the other guy. Are you fucking kidding me? Honey, listen. The director called me personally because he wanted to let you know how amazing you are as an actor, but it came down to social media. Wait, what do you mean social media? You and the other actor were so close in the casting that the executive producer went by the amount of followers you have, and the other actor had like three or four times more than you. Well, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat. I have like a thousand friends and tweet, tweet, just like Oprah says. Basically, it came down to the actor being able to promote it better. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, unfortunately, honey, it's a thing. Michael just stares at his car radio. Honey, listen, you came so close and the director called me personally. That rarely happens. He may use you in something in the future. Remember, it's a numbers game and your number is so close to coming up. Are you there? Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Hey, something's got to give, right? End scene. And so and so that little bit of optimism Ooh. right there, I feel like was maybe an edit that got put in when you were told you got to make this Michael character a little bit more sympathetic. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and that was the thing. And that, that was the thing which was nice to hear is that my friend was like, yeah, because honestly, like, you're more like that. Like, you're more like, you know, you've been doing this long enough for like, OK, you lose one, you win one. So mm-hmm. uh you just like, just try not to make him so damn bitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been doing it for 10 years. There's another line in here where you're like, I'm on audition 127. So let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. is, is, is there a specific reason that uh, the 80s uh, pop plays such a role in, in the script? Um, that is the, that's the time that I grew up in and live my life through, basically. Like, I just, uh, I've always been a big, big 80s, 80s fan and a huge, huge fan of 80s horror and 80s women and 80s actors and 80s movies and 80s films. It's all the, I mean, all that generation is the reason why I'm, I do what I do. So, um, I mean, I have literally like, and I wish I could play these songs in my movie, but like I have like a whole list of 80s songs that I listen to to help cheer me up when I don't get parts like Corey Hart and uh, and a ton of like 80s like theme songs uh, from horror movies that I listen to. So, 
that's why it's just it's part of my life yeah it, it, it's not horror but geez i mean how much are you enjoying glow for the soundtrack alone on netflix oh my gosh i love glow obsessed obsessed with it so good right from the get yeah everyone was like you're gonna love this show and like the second right from the opening credits of the first one i was like chills and plus i watched glow when i was little mm. oh so. yeah mm. it makes perfect sense for you then isn't the first episode don't they play the warrior isn't that the music mm-hmm. that's in the opening episode in the opening right. credits and that's in my that's in my playlist. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great so, one. Also, how can I get a copy of this playlist? <laughs> yeah, are you on Spotify? That sounds great. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, okay, so we basically have here a story of someone getting revenge on people who are being awful to him. So, what are you doing with this script now? You have it. Do you do you have dreams of producing it? Do you have dreams of starring in it and taking it to lots of film festivals and becoming the bell of the film festival circuit ball? Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I um, I submitted it into um, I got into genre blast, um, awesome, and was up for yeah I got uh, the top uh, fifteen finalist for the short screenplays. Cool, uh, cool. Yeah, I got in, um, then I got into Crimson Horror Film Festival and got into a finalist there. Um, Oregon Screen Week I got into, um, and the International Sci Fi and Horror Film Festival I won second place. Hey, congratulations! Ooh, yeah, you're crushing it. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's really great because I honestly like it to be to be honest with you, this script for me was like a cathartic thing. And also like just, you know, my friends going, just do it, just write it, you know, and I did. And I really wasn't expecting much, you know, about it. And so I only entered into like five film festivals, but I got into um, all of them, which was just amazing. And so it's really just encouraging. And, you know, and I've always been told just kind of, you know, just write what write what you know write write what you love write write what's about you and that's and that's what i did so um so i'm really i'm really i'm more than thrilled the the response i've gotten from it and do you feel um, like you made some like connections uh, at the different festivals when you the, if you were able to go to them yes and what's really interesting is <laughs> cuz usually i go to well i've only usually been to crimson horror film festival because they feel, they do that in charleston but i'm usually going to these things as an actor um, and it's interesting how you get treated as, I mean, you get treated fine when you go as an actor, but when you're, when you're going as like a screenwriter or a filmmaker, there's a different, you get treated a little differently. Like you're kind of one of the team then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as an actor, it's sort of like, Oh, well, he's an actor, you know? Um, so it's been really, it's been really cool. So I've actually gotten to meet a lot more people and, and get talk more, more about people. your work. I bet. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, I'm really excited about the response because it's it's I'm getting responses from a lot of people I admire in like the indie uh, horror film world. So any thoughts about this is it's very much a complete story that that you're telling here, but it it also feels like it could be part of something larger. Have you had, had any thoughts about expanding it out? Maybe um, I haven't because I just wanted to kind of stick with the story. Um, I'm current, so currently I just we just. Uh, um, got our um funding to green light um filming it so we oh, are we are gonna yes. film yeah so, yeah so michelle i know antoine um, that directed live scream and everything she's directing it um and uh and we got um so we're gonna film it in uh november yeah that's so great man yeah yeah so hopefully with me as a lead of course i was wondering Good. i was assuming you were gonna star in yeah, it yeah of course so hopefully um i'll it'll start being the 
uh, film festival circuit next year. But as I don't know, I haven't thought about making it into a feature or anything like that. I actually already started on a. Um, go ahead. What were you saying? It, it just like a this one little snippet seems like such a beautiful moment for like an episode of a of a series or something. You know, if yeah, the whole journey was this guy. I, I'm now I'm just riffing, so I'm not going to talk anymore about what this could or couldn't be. But it's like perfectly timed as a snippet of somebody's life, which yeah. is what makes me think of a series. Oh yeah, that'd be yeah. Well, I also so well, I started working on another script for a short um, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, it's been really inspiring me to keep writing, and so the next one is going to be about a a gay hookup that goes really bad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Also very close to life. So <laughs> <laughs> you're just getting all you're just getting all your emotions out there on Front Street, aren't you? I had no idea. Why didn't anybody tell me this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as the production on this goes, I mean that's going to be really fun. As far as like practical effects and blood and all sorts of cool stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're really excited. Yeah, and um, it's it's you know it's it's pretty much a micro budget. So um, you know we're gonna do as best we can to keep in that budget. And we're really working on, uh, so, um, just really kind of going along in lines of like, um, having more like, you know, I want to Michelle cause she's a brilliant director and then, you know, and having more of like a, a female crew and, um, and some more, uh, hiring some more like gay actors to play gay characters and things like that. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. Oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah, you're you're taking this opportunity and really doing it the way that you would want it to be done. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm yeah, I'm also like and it's great because I can give the I think this is the first film like I've ever made myself. So it's this is like my first time like on the casting mm-hmm. side of it. Mm-hmm. Um so I I love that I'm able to like really like cast friends in it that like don't get cast in normal parts. Right. And, and, or, or haven't been seen in like the indie or film world that need to be seen. So I love that I'm able to do that for them. Right. Really start developing their work and putting them out in the spotlight as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, that's got to be cool. really rewarding to do. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And again, just being so grateful for like just the, my little indie horror world here, just being so supportive throughout the whole thing. If there was anybody who wanted to get in touch with you about this particular project yeah. and throw in their hat in the ring to help, you know, you know, let's maybe someone wants to give you like another ten thousand dollars. That would that would be great, wouldn't it? Or work on future stuff, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. What's the best way for someone yeah. to get in touch with you? Well, they can find me on Facebook, which is just Michael James Daly, um, and then to because we're still looking for uh, donations, we're. So we, to get the funding, we actually went through um, AF. Uh, we did a 501ck and, and uh, got hooked up with a, um, a nonprofit so that donations can be given and they'd be given uh, as a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. Oh, score. Cool. So, yeah, so uh, if they want to do that, they can go to um, uh, www.octopunkmedia, um, which is uh, O-C-T-O-P-U-N-K media.com backslash uh, fame dash fatale mm-hmm. and uh, that link will take them to the site for that where there's a little teaser and everything oh very cool yeah check out that octopunk yeah mm-hmm. i love the uh, i like the we're, we're calling up the page right now i love the logo at the top there mm-hmm. the octopus and the that's sunglasses really oh yeah and that's michelle's uh that's michelle's company so that's great 
Okay, cool. Well, Michael, congratulations. That's super great. Uh, I'm so we're always so happy to hear when people not only have written us a script and sent it in to us, but then also like it's in production. That's extremely cool. Yeah, thank you so. Yeah, thank you all so much for wanting to interview me about it. It's, it's awesome. It's a fun script, man. It was cool to read. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> it was. It's hysterical, yeah. and just getting to talk to you more about how it came about is wonderful. So, thank you so much for, you know, reliving the pain and sharing it with us. <laughs> yes, seriously. Of course, this is all very cathartic. <laughs> One day it will go away, <laughs> and hopefully, oh. I made the characters close enough to resemble the people that the people actually know who they are. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. absolutely oh, you want to get God. that message across. Wow. Yes. <laughs> well, Michael, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. Awesome. I had a great time. Good luck. Oh, it's so cool. I'm always so happy. And actually, you know, he was talking about doing this on a micro budget. Like, yes. honestly, there's ways that, especially for a horror movie and stuff, like, there's advantages to that. Like, instead of, you know, not having a ton of money, but not having a little bit, like, you can really thrive in that world of, like, hey, man, we did this cool gumption sort of thing, and it, it works better for your movie. Yeah, like the campiness of it. They play yeah. it just right. It's going to be just right. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's funny thinking about terrible things. And people who want to make movies out of the terrible stories that happen to them. Because yeah. I always want to make the night I got engaged into a short film. And Philip's like, no, that was a terrible night. Yeah, didn't you guys get into a fight or something? Um, like, it was horrible. It was a long, drawn out, terrible night. That is a good script. And it would be the best, most funny script I've ever done. That's so, that is such a good idea. And he is, he was like, why would I want this to live on forever? And that's what I was thinking about when Michael said, maybe it'll go away one day. And I was like, it's not. He's making it into a movie. Yeah, that's going to live actually. forever. <laughs> uh, if you've got a thing that you are reliving over and over again, and maybe you've tried to work it out, but it's still in your head, and you put it into script form, we would love to read it. And you can do that by uh, sending it to us on scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Don't forget, you can check out all the amazing artists that we get the pleasure yes. of talking to on scriptshopshow.com. There's lots of interviews, lots of screenplays for you to check out. So you know what? If you're just like eating Cheetos and sitting in front of your computer, get on to scriptshopshow.com and read some dang scripts. It's fun. You get to read something different. You get to Then you get to know somebody who wrote the thing that's different that uh, you were affected by. You also can connect with us. You can find us, friend us, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I am at your bestie Westie on Twitter. And on Twitter, I'm at Script Shop Jack. We'd Mm. uh, love to talk to you. We would love that. So until next week, friends, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.